0: Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. You want to join us in these confessions. We don't do them just for no reason. Uh, The Lord works with what you say. The scripture says he is the apostle and high priest of our confession, of what we say. It's how you got born again. You believed it in your heart and you said it with your mouth. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. It's a big part of how you get from where you are to where you need to be, to where you want to be. Let the weak do what? Say, I am strong. The scripture said, Yeah, but you're not strong. Yeah, but how are you going to get there? Huh? How are you going to get from feeling weak, looking weak, experiencing weak? If you say, Well, I, yeah, but if I'm not strong, I'm not going to say I'm strong. I'm, if I'm weak, I'm just going to say I'm weak, then you're going to stay weak. You're going to stay where you are. God has created everything by His words. He brought things that didn't exist into existence, and that's how He did it. You and I are made in His likeness and image. We are called to be imitators of Him, the Scripture said, as dear children. So get your Bible, get something to make a note with, put everything else on hold. Come on into the classroom, and let His words get in our mouth And let's speak his words and let's let them manifest in our lives today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for the anointing and the utterance and the direction and guidance. Asking you, Lord, uh, reveal to us your words and show us how to put them in our mouth and speak your words over ourselves and our lives and our futures so that you may perform your words and bring them to pass powerfully and gloriously and to your glory in our lives. We ask it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look please in Hebrews, the third chapter again, to scripture that we've been studying for some, some weeks now, in a series we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. Hebrews 3.7 says, Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your heart. Say that out loud, class. Harden Harding not your, your heart. Say it again. Harden not, not your heart. One more time. Harden not, not your, your heart. Would He say that if there was no danger of it happening? No. He's saying it because if you don't watch it, if you don't do something about it, it could happen to you. Don't harden your heart like they did in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Verse 10, I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart. They have not known my ways. His ways are knowable. God is knowable. He's a person. The Holy Spirit is a person, not just a a force. Jesus is a person. Just like you know human people on the earth, um, there are people that you've been around a lot, and if somebody told you something about them that was out of character for them, you'd know it. You'd say, no, no, I know them. They don't think like that, and that's not what they, they do or what they've done. How can you say that? Because you know something about their ways. How do how do you know that? You've spent time with them. You've been around them. You've heard them. You've seen them. That's the same way you get to know God. You've heard him. You've seen his things. You've been around him. And the scripture says, They, though, erred in their heart. They didn't know my ways. Verse 12 Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. We've been looking at the different accounts of how the, the Israelites that God brought out of Egyptian bondage, that's who he's talking about here, how that in case after case after case, they failed to trust God. And instead of learning a lesson and repenting and being sorry and making a change, They got harder every time. They just kept getting harder and harder and more resistant and more defensive and blaming others and even blaming God, blaming Moses, blaming Aaron. All of this is what this scripture calls evil heart of unbelief. It is, uh, verse 19 says, they couldn't enter into the promised land because of unbelief. It robbed them. It kept them out. Go back with me, if you would, to Numbers, the 16th chapter. We're continuing in our study. We're up up to the 11th event. There are some 15 major events of these. And from the Red Sea, that was the first one, up to Kadesh Barnea in chapter 14 of Numbers. That's the 10th one. Uh, That's what led up to the Lord saying, okay, okay. You won't trust me. You won't believe me. You won't listen to me. You won't obey me. You're going to get what you've been saying. You're saying we're dying out here in the wilderness. That's what's going to happen to you. Turn back into the wilderness. So that's what brings us to where they are now in Numbers 14. Well, Korah, Dathan, Byram, 250 princes in the assembly, they go full-blown rebellion against God and against Moses and Aaron, whom he chose, and they're going to replace the leadership. And what they had already said back in Numbers 14, we got to make us a new captain, and we're going back to Egypt. Back to slavery. Isn't that something? Back to bondage. Why would you go back to bondage? Because they think it's better than dying, which they are sure is what's going to happen if they tried to take the promised land. They were wrong. I said they were wrong because the next generation did it, didn't they? Their children went in under Joshua's leadership and won every uh, one of those battles and took every one of those places and uh, got their lands and got their, proving their parents could have done it. Just because people haven't done it doesn't prove it can't be done. Yeah, right? right? Yes. So many times it's just same reason. Unbelief is what kept them from prospering, from uh, excelling and succeeding. Said out loud. By the grace of God, grace of God I, will I will not be robbed by evil unbelief. By evil unbelief. It, will it will not steal from me steal from the plan, life, the plan of God for my life, the blessings of God. Blessings of God. I will not, I will not let, it let it rob me. Well, that means you are going to know what unbelief is and you're not going to yield to it. You're not going to, what, how do you know, how can you keep from doing what they did and you don't know what they did? Well, If you've been in faith school, that's not going to be the problem because we've been camping on this for some time. Is that right? Is it worth camping on? Oh, man, it's important. It is so important. And there's so much scripture that deals with this, not just a few pages. We're talking about, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pages of things that are tied to this in one way or the other. So look with me in number 16 again. This is what we call Korah's Rebellion. In verse 1, it says that he and um, Dathan and Abiram and on, they took men. Verse 2, 250 princes, famous in the congregation, they were in on it. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And they said, you take too much on you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord's among them. Wherefore then, in other words, why do you lift up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord? You'll hear that same kind of talk today. Churches, ministries, other places. No, now we're all the same. We're all equal. Nobody should be over anybody else. Really? Where'd you get that? Not in the Bible. Anybody that said that... Well, the people who said this didn't last through the end of the chapter. <laughs> Do you really want to agree with that? that that's who you want to hook, hook up with and identify with? No, we are all loved of God. We all have rights to forgiveness and cleansing and the Holy Spirit and healing and the list goes on. But God also has made choice from among us chosen and called and anointed to lead others. And the Bible says that we are to know those who are over us in the Lord and esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. We're to submit ourselves to those who are over us. That's New Testament language. Over us in the Lord. Is there anybody over you in the Lord? You should be able to name people, human beings, men and women. If you can't, your your structure of your life is not right. And you're not protected like you should be. And you're not respecting God the way you should. Now, human beings, their biggest fault is they're like you. They don't know everything. They've made mistakes. And they could be wrong and they could make mistakes. And you you may not be able to fully respect respect or appreciate everything a person in authority says or does, but you must respect the place or you disrespect God who gave them the place. Can you see this class? Yes. Uh, a lot of folks nowadays, they don't, don't uh, understand these things because they've gotten so far from the word, but is it true that God never changes? Yes. Never changes. The way he was Here, recorded in number 16, has he changed at all since then? That was a little bit weak. Huh? He either changes or he doesn't. No, he has not changed. He doesn't need to. He was perfect then. He's perfect now. Our covenant has changed. Our access to him has changed. Thank God. But he hasn't changed. And he never will. Do you want to get to know him? The way he is, the way he's always been, not somebody's goofy modern idea of who they think he is, but who he really is. Um, These men, you know, led this rebellion against them and Moses told them to take censers and come out tomorrow, the next morning, the next day. And they would all, Korah, Dathan, Abiram, and all the 250 princes, they would all offer up incense with their censers. And he said, the Lord's going to show whom he has chosen. Now, you wouldn't have to think too far to think, man, could you get in trouble doing this? Because they had seen Aaron's sons, his two eldest sons, were consumed with fire when they came and offered what the Bible called strange fire with their censers. Everybody knew that. Everybody knew that only the priests, only the priests were to do this, were to even handle or have used this particular incense or the holy anointing oil. But see, it goes back to what Korah and them were saying. Look, everybody's holy. We can all do this. What are you going to say to that? You can just argue with ideas. But Moses, he, he, he was close to God. He didn't do that. He fell on his face. What's he doing? He's seeking God. He knows this is a big deal. This could result in, in swift judgment. What, what do we do? God? And the Lord told him. He got up and he said, okay. Everybody's holy, huh? Well, all of you get your censors. You can play priest tomorrow. That's my paraphrase. Get it? You can load it up with coals and and holy incense that nobody's supposed to touch and handle except the high priest, but everybody's holy, right? So get you some and come on out. Well, they did. And uh, skip down to verse, uh, uh, verse 18. They took every man his censer, put fire in them laid incense on it, stood in the door of the tabernacle of the congregation with Moses and Aaron and Korah, gathered all the congregation against them to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the congregation. All that two million plus people could see the, uh, the glowing cloud of God's glory, and it came down and stood right at the door Of the tent. Of meeting the tabernacle. The Lord spoke to Moses. And to Aaron. And said separate yourselves. From among this congregation. That I may consume them. In a moment. Now. You'll hear. and If you read the rest of this chapter. Which we're going to get to eventually. um, These people. Korah, Dathan and Abiram. They were destroyed that day. They did not live out the day. They, they died in what might be called an earthquake, but it was a very strange earthquake. The ground opened up, and they all fell down into it, and then it closed. And they're gone. Nobody ever saw them again. And when people read things like this, they go, oh, you know, that is so, that is so severe, and that's so hard. And in their mind they they almost think the god of the new testament is a different god from this but that would mean he changed somewhere not true not true what what this is what you're seeing here is judgment righteous judgment without mercy righteous judgment without mercy and the reason it happened is because they never asked for any mercy. They would not repent. And every time Moses and Aaron would plead and ask, notice what they said here. He said that they might be consumed in a moment. And verse 22, they fell on their faces. Is that showing respect and humility before the almighty God? See, there's no arrogance in this, right? There's no haughtiness. There's no hardness of heart and mind and this pride. Is, this is falling on your face in front of the Almighty. Can you see the picture out there? There's these, you know, hundreds of thousands of people out there, and there's this animosity in the air with these Korah, and and Nabiram. I mean, they're taking over. They're going to throw Moses and Aaron out today. And the glory and power of God came down and stood at the front of the tent. Could you have felt something out there that day? Yeah. <laughs> Whew! This is... Uh, how many think everybody should have been on their face? Yeah. Not just Moses and Aaron? What if Korah and Dathan had, and Abiram had said, Oh God, what have we done? And throw the incense away and fell on their face? Well, it'd be a different story. I said it'd be a different story if they had repented and asked for mercy. Because every time you see somebody asking for mercy from God, you know what they got? Every time, every time the people who didn't get it didn't ask for it, Mm -hmm. wouldn't repent. So it wasn't their sin that destroyed them. It was refusing to repent. It was refusing to to humble themselves. So they fell on their face and they said, Oh God, the God of the spirits of all flesh. That's revelation, isn't it? You understand, no human being would be alive if it wasn't for the father of spirits. You wouldn't have the spirit of life in you. What makes you breathe? They'll we say, "Well, it's you know, it's uh, synapses in the brain and involuntary." Okay, where does it come from? To get to there, what makes it work? What's the source? You can't see it under a microscope. It's spirit, and it's life, and it all—all all life comes from God. Hallelujah, the Father of spirits. Was it time, like we said, for everybody? to fall on their face yes. before the almighty God, yes. the God of the spirits of all mankind. Instead of standing out there with your chest poked out, holding up incense, and you're not called to do it, you're not anointed to do it, you're intruding into a holy office, So we're all holy, and we're getting rid of this Moses and Aaron, and we're... Yeah, you're about to die. Why? The wages of sin is what? Yeah. What should sin get? It should get judgment mm-hmm. and death. That's righteous. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's what many have not understood. God does not owe us salvation. He does not owe us mercy. He gave it to us out of the kindness of his being. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you'll ask for it. Yeah. If You'll receive it, which they didn't on this day. They said, will, you, will one man sin and you be wroth with the whole congregation? They're asking for mercy for everybody else that wasn't a part of this rebellion. And the Lord spoke to Moses and said, well, speak to the congregation and tell them, get you up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Is he saying, yes, he's giving them time to get out of the way. Is that right? Is he saying, yeah, but you better tell them. Get away from them. And Moses rose up and went to Dathan and Abiram, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spoke to the congregation and said, depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in all their sins. If somebody had been disrespectful and said, well, I ain't moving. Why do I have to go anywhere? Uh... You know, and would they have been caught up in the judgment? Yes. Would they have been consumed? Yes. Anybody that didn't would have been uh, judged and died that day as though they were a part of the rebellion. Why? By association, by refusing to separate yourself from it. Is that still true today? Go with me to the book of Revelation. Is Revelation in the New, in the New Testament? The Bible said, separate yourself. We, we saw that yesterday in 2 Corinthians 6, where he said, come out from among them, and be ye separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. In Revelation, the 18th chapter, you don't get any more New Testament than this. <laughs> You're almost to the very end of it, Right? Revelation 18 and 4, he said, I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people. Does that sound familiar? Does God ever change? He was, the same thing he was saying in number 16, he said in 2 Corinthians 6. And the same thing he said there, he's saying in Revelation 18. Why? Because. He never changes. Truth doesn't change. Truth doesn't change. Right and wrong doesn't change. He said, Come out of her, my people. Why? That you be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God remembered her iniquities. And again, we, we read in Revelation earlier, yesterday's class, about even the woman that was called Jezebel that was seducing and misleading people in the church and false teaching. And he's talked about he gave her space to repent, and she didn't repent, and how that judgment was going to come on her and those that were with them, except yes. she repents. You mean Jezebel could be saved? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Jezebel could be spared. He said it if she would repent. But the problem was people wouldn't repent. And so you see here that he said again, Come out from her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins and that you receive not her plagues. The Bible tells us about this numerous places, about, you know, the scripture said, uh, he that walks with wise men, Proverbs says, will be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. See, it didn't even say you were a fool. It just says you hung out with fools. Huh? If you hang out with fools, what will happen to you? Well, you, same thing will happen to you that happens to the fools and it could, argument could be made that you a fool too for hanging out with fools. <laughs> now, sometimes people have not thought this way because they think, well, no, I'm a Christian, I'm saved, it won't matter, you know, I'm trying to be the light of the world and so I, I minister to them. Are you ministering to them or are, they, are you conforming to them? Mm. Huh? Are they coming your way are they coming to church with you? Are you going to wrong places with them? Come on, can you see this? No, and that's why the scripture talks about corrupt communications, evil communications rather. 1 Corinthians 15 says, evil communications corrupt good manners or good ways, good ways of living and ways of life. Does it matter who you hang around, who you fellowship with? who you're involved. It can matter so severely that if people are so hard-headed and stubborn and defiant and they've been that way for years and it'll come to a point where they get to the end, where they're not going to make it. They're going to be destroyed because they wouldn't ask for mercy and they wouldn't repent. Do you want to be around them when that happens? You don't want to be because you, lest you get caught up in their punishments. Isn't that what he said? Uh, So that you won't be partakers of her sins and so that you won't receive her plagues, the things that's happening with them. And so that's why he told them, get away from Korah. Get away from rebellion. Get away from people who are defying God and blaspheming and mocking God. Get away from it. Separate yourselves and don't even touch that junk and the stuff that's associated with them and you'll be safe. Said out loud, Father, show me anything I should separate from. Anyone, anything I seek to be close to you only in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. He'll show us too and it's for our safety and it's for our longevity. Hallelujah. Thank God for His mercy in our lives. Our time's up again, but there's more to see tomorrow. Come back. We'll see you soon here in Faith School. I've got victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website Our call is at... Nine four one seven zero two seven three nine zero.